You f- they all blend into each other. Yeah, well, you know, but that hurts me. I'm a very sensitive individual, and I was sitting here <laughs> saying, um, you know, did I offend you or uh, or something? But I'm I'm glad you. I'm glad it was something uh, like that, and, and I forgive you for it too. I just wanted well, to let thank you know. you. Okay. You're welcome. Here's a question: I've heard that virtual tours are being created for potential buyers right now, <laughs> instead of actually going to see the house. Now, Bob, are people really buying a house sight unseen? <laughs> not, not that I know of. Okay, maybe there's someone somewhere. I, I think the intent of all of this is not that. You, uh, someone is, you know, I see that car commercial, same thing. I can't conceive buying a car and having it delivered, uh, without having, ever, you know, looking at it or sitting in it. But I think the intent is to try to expose the property as much as possible so that if someone is online, which most people do, the vast majority have already seen photos of the property and whatnot, you know that, the realtor.coms, the Zillows, so that um, we're not having needless showings. It's to, I think, hone down where people can eliminate a property, at least in their mind, by viewing it in advance and saying, you know what, it doesn't look like it's for me. So that if, in fact, uh, the opposite happens, they say, you know what, this is a very nice house. I think I'd like to see it. Rather than have these, uh, what we would call a caravan, where a particular person will schedule Roger Bouchard wants to see houses. I, I book five of them for you. Well, I don't know if you're going to like them or not. So the intent here is, Roger, go look at this. Um, now, it can be a virtual tour, which, you know, they pan the property. But what the, our MLS has also done is it's increased the amount of still photos that we can upload to 50. So the intent here is, I don't think to have someone buy it online as much as to show as much of the property as possible. Um, basically get down to the people that have the most interest from having viewed it in as many possibilities or photos as possible so that we, we've, let's say, limit the amount of showings because <clears throat> there are, you know, there are people that are delaying, a lot of people are delaying listing their properties, but overall, um, you know, we've all developed a method where the, the, the sellers are gone and the lights are on and we make sure that we ask as much as possible no one is sick. So they, I think the virtual tour was never intended, at least with our generation or mine, and I think even the next one, to say, oh, I'm going to make an offer on it uh, as much as to say, I, I've eliminated this or, you know, now that I've seen the backyard, I don't think it's something I want as a first choice. So the intent, again, is while we're into the, the coronavirus and, 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 again, trying not to expose people but keeping some semblance of sales going, it's, it's again, it's to see the property as much as possible and, and to have those people at least have a stronger inclination as to whether or not they'd like it if, in fact, they choose to see it. Hey, Bob, I have one quick question, not on the, uh, not on the board this morning, but uh, it just, uh, just struck me. When a house comes on the market, are people uh, leaning more about, about how the house looks from the outside, or is it always the inside of the house? In other words, they'll, they'll say, hey, look, it, uh, we can do something with the outside, but it's, it's what it, how many bathrooms it has and how, what condition the, the kitchen is in, or... 
is it the other way? Um, a nice-looking house on the outside. I like this from Street Appeal. I'll fix it up on the inside. Well, no, I think it's the opposite. Um, you know, Street Appeal is important. Um, and if the home is nice on the outside, it certainly helps for the people to transcend to the inside. But if you stop and you think about it, um, you're talking if you're talking about a single family, a normal single family ranch, raised ranch, it's a lot cheaper, honestly, to fix the outside, whether you're vinyl siding it, painting it, or whatever, than to redo the inside. You know, the bathrooms and the kitchens are universally accepted as the two most expensive areas of a house. So I think that if someone uh, looks at the outside, uh, as opposed to saying, gee, it needs a paint job, uh, the outside would be more, is it a busy street? Um, what size is the backyard? Uh, some people are really hung up on a garage. And if they're not, they don't need a garage. They want to make sure there's enough land and perhaps they can build one. But, no, I think once you get to the outside, um, where the outside comes in is if someone rules it out just by the, the way it looks on the front, which I, I think most people don't. That's the, you know, we're going back a lot of years when we just used to take a picture of the front of the house. Now, with, with 30, 40 photos of the insides, we accentuate that. We even, most, a lot of the times, hire a professional to do it with the soft lighting, um, and he's able to uh, um, Photoshop some of the things. So, uh, even puts fire in the fireplace, whether it's, it's lit or not. But, um, no, I think the inside, ultimately, uh, is where people will decide on the spaciousness of the rooms what does the kitchen look like if they've got a large family is the kitchen dining room area good is there two baths what do the baths look like so now i think to answer your question roger the inside has more influence on them looking at a property than the outside right, thank you bob and um if uh, people would like to reach you your phone call away right, right. i am certainly we're there uh, you know we we kind of have uh, a vestibule so we have the outside door unlocked so we can hear if someone wants to come in not that the walk-in traffic is big but then we lock the outside the inside door and uh, if we're expecting someone it's, it's kind of like almost by appointment but um, that's kind of how we're doing it we're manning limited hours and then I'm always available by phone and I return calls seven days a week sounds like a plan and thank you for uh, joining us today and we'll uh, talk next Friday okay Okay, Raj. Have a good week. Bye. I will. Robert Martin, Bob Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group. State Representative Steve Casey is on our live line. Democrat from uh, District, um, uh, I think it's 50. <laughs> yeah, District 50. We'll be chatting with him. We've got a whole bunch of questions for Steve in just a minute. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured. Over 30 years experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you. 
not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 300 8495 for a free no obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. And uh, recent winds, we've had those heavy windstorms and rainstorms that might have uh, delivered some uh, unwanted flooding to your cellar. Vern Rainville is a guy to uh, check with, and uh, he'll come and take a look at it and tell you whether it's uh, worth um, revisiting with your insurance company. Vern Rainville. All right, the Bocce Club is open uh, weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Incidentally, the two announcements we're going to read are uh, complimentary of WNRI. Um, no charge to the businesses, and we do this as a service to them and as a convenience to our listeners. Bocce Club, open weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Fridays at 5 o'clock with their fish and chips today. That's a, a big favorite at the uh, Bocce. And also, um, we have our takeout service, uh, which is at 767. 2000 767-2000 for the bocce and, of course, family-style chicken. And we also, uh, may I recommend to you my favorite at the bocce, and that's shrimp Mozambique. And you can get it very spicy if you like, just like I like it. Bocce, open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday and Saturday at 5 and all day on Sunday. Next one is the Grumpy's Restaurant on Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Brian is there, Brian LaHousse, and uh, he has a takeout and curbside service. Grubhub delivery available, too. Open daily, seven days a week, 3 to 9 p.m. Full menu at 508-883-0101. And that is grumpies in south bellingham and those are a few of the uh, announcements that we're running here on wnri you're listening to wnri's upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel all right the panel uh, today is uh, roger and uh, from bob martin we switch over to state representative uh, steve casey on line uh, one here or whatever line it is hi steve how you doing today I'm good, Roger. How are you? Good, good. And um, first of all, a few uh, biographical uh, notes about the gentleman we're talking to. He is a state representative, District 50 here in Woonsocket, one of our three local uh, state representatives. And he um, is chairman. uh, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. This is uh, biographical information I printed a while back on you. Are you still chairman of the House Committee on Special Legislation? Yes, that's correct. Member of the House Committee on Corporations? Yep. Member of the House Committee on Labor? And yes. member of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs. So Correct. There he is. So, so first thing is um, uh, a question that's got nothing to do with, uh, with the legislature. Uh, it has to do with how modern and cool and 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 hip you are so here is here's my question do you ever use doordash uber eats or grubhub delivery service to have a pizza delivered to your home or are you old-fashioned and just call and and pick it up Um, all right so here it is steve casey answering this very important question 
if if that's the definition of whether or not I'm old fashioned, then definitely I'm old fashioned. I have actually never, never, ever used any of those three uh, services. You're a man after my heart, Steve. <laughs> Neither have I. And I'm ready, reading these and these ads all the time. And I know that uh, people are using them because uh, these companies like Applebee's or uh, I just mentioned Grumpy's or, or they wouldn't be using them if people weren't using them. It's just it's just not Steve Casey and Roger Bouchard. All right. We had to get that settled. All right. Are you ready for some uh, other questions? I, I go, go right ahead. We'll see what we can do here. OK. So the first question uh, is um, out of the box again. And. Um, well, a whole bunch of your constituents. Uh, now, you sent a mailer out, and we'll talk about your mailer in a second. But uh, the Board of Elections sent a mailer out to uh, everybody, asking them whether they wanted to participate in the uh, in the primary coming up in June by mail ballot or uh, or some other way. Some people were offended by it. Some people uh, were not. How do you feel about? Um, about um, mail balloting in the first place. Uh, are you comfortable that a, a ballot cast for Steve Casey by mail is a legitimate ballot? Um, I, am, I am not particularly personally comfortable with the mail ballot process. Well, I'm, I'm comfortable with it uh, for the emergency, emergency ballot situation where a person can't get there, uh, you know, when they, when they have... Uh, physical disability and they want to do it by mail and if it is much more convenient for that person to go ahead and do it by mail then i have i don't have a problem with it i personally prefer to to show up at the polls and and vote and uh you know check the boxes and and connect the lines or however however the process is going to be for that particular uh, election and put that ballot into the machine and see that it is registered uh, that's my that's my feeling um, I don't have a problem if people if people want to uh, if people want to do that by mail and go through the mail ballot process uh, I would have an extreme problem if that were something that was going to be forced on people uh, you know obviously they are encouraging that right now given the given the situation with uh our social social distancing rules that have that that we've you know adopted so to speak and uh i understand the reasons for that but i'm i'm not particularly comfortable with the mail ballot process why do i get the feeling that the secretary of state uh is trying to kind of move us in that direction so that uh, two years from now, not this uh, November election, but two years from now, maybe uh, going to the polls um, in person is uh, a thing of the past. You know what? I I hope that that's not the case. Um, I, I think there'll be quite a number of people, uh, quite a number of constituents, as well as politicians and people that wouldn't agree that that's the process. It's not... It's not the process that we are accustomed to, and obviously, things are changing. The world is changing, but um, I, I think uh, I think there'd be quite a bit of backlash um, if that were going to be the only way to cast your vote. 
Well, you guys are the lawmakers, uh, state reps and state senators, and I guess uh, in the end to bring this discussion to a conclusion is that if the Secretary of State gets too enthusiastic about this, you can always change the election laws to contain or confine her enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that is, that is. just saying... <laughs> Yep, that is a possibility. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't get to that type of a type of a situation. Obviously, um, you know, they're they're doing this. Um, I think there was already in process a bit of a movement to to somewhat move to an electronic process. Um, this this might, you know, this is uh, one of those things that will probably uh, fuel that process a little bit. Um, but I still don't agree with with that being the only way to to cast your vote okay let's uh let's uh, focus a little bit on uh on steve casey the state rep so uh i have a rep uh and uh, there's another rep in the city and so forth uh, but you took the initiative uh to do a mailer to your constituency um and um, somebody delivered a copy of it i don't have it in front of me um uh, but i did uh, look it over and it seemed to be uh uh uh, coronavirus oriented uh, like a fact sheet and so forth uh, tell us a little bit about that decision well I, I think that it, it was just important to number one stay in, try to stay in touch with uh, with the constituents uh, let them know that we're here for them and, and provide um, you know everybody's got a radio or a TV and they're watching uh, you know watching things but so, some people just don't have uh, don't have the access to um a computer all the time and if they're having issues if they were having issues with uh, getting community support and, and, and getting resources uh, to help help through the uh, through the pandemic situation um, I felt it was a good idea to just go ahead and try and disseminate as much information as possible um, so we, we put out a mailer with uh, you know numbers uh, for health care services uh, rapid testing places, health insurance, um, numbers for the Department of Labor and Training if you're having issues with uh, unemployment or disability insurance, um, also for the businesses with the uh, Department of Business Regulation and uh, the Small Business Administration loan relief um, programs, um, and also for social services, United Way, uh, mental health assistance, and uh, uh, education child care and all of, all of the consumer even consumer protection because uh, we had a few instances of price gouging even during this this whole uh, situation so I just thought it was it would be important to get the, as much information out there as possible uh, just to give people a little bit of extra uh, extra resources if they needed it so uh, just just trying to stay in touch and let people know that we're we're here and trying to help and we're all we're all you know we're all going through the same thing. So I thought it was nicely done. I thought it uh, brought together a, a lot of information that was out there, uh, given on different days, for instance, by the governor. But nothing uh, where it all uh, came together. So uh, it's a nice uh, it's a nice little piece. Uh, so uh, I'm surprised nobody else thought of it, but you thought of it, and that's why your state representative Steve Casey from District 50. All right, let's move on. Um, Thank you. Uh, this. Um, meeting at the state house yesterday there was a task force meeting yesterday and uh what they were talking about was um 
Uh, and they were they were good um, good people. They uh, wore their masks and they kept their distancing. But uh, we've spent uh, quite a bit of money already on um, the COVID nineteen, and um, we've got a hundred and forty seven million dollars. Um, to spend now, I don't think uh, you you were part of the meeting. I think I was looking at the twelve uh, people that were assembled. But I think I can ask you uh, that you must feel, as a state representative, uh, that um, that there's a lot of money out there, and there was very little containment of uh, how this money was being spent until finally yesterday we had a meeting of some elected officials and in the House and Senate to start looking over uh, how it has been spent and how it will be spent. Right. Well, um, it's part of, part of this, uh, part of, I guess, what has uh, prompted the, the meeting is exactly that, to try, to try and find out, figure out uh, you know, where the expenditures have been taking place. Obviously, uh, there was money spent on setting up field hospitals, and there's been a great deal of money spent on uh, trying to procure, procure um, uh, adequate uh, PPE, personal protective equipment for hospitals, uh, for municipalities, uh, for healthcare centers, um, and anyone who is in touch with or working on the front line. Um, the federal assistance, um, I, I think what's, we're just trying to, I guess the, the goal is to just get a check and balance as to see what what's happening. Um, since this is not a state, and this is only my under, my understanding of it, is a, since this is not a state appropriation, this is federal money, um, I, I believe that the governor's office is under the impression that um, they are, they, that the governor's office, they, they can go ahead and appropriate that money in, in any way that they that they deem fit, uh, which they have been doing, and um, because it is a federal fund, you know, the state, and, and I've, I've just got a, a little section of the uh, CARES Relief Act, um, it says that a state shall use the funds provided to cover only those costs of the state that are necessary expenditures incurred due to the public health emergency with respect to the coronavirus disease, COVID-19. Um, so... I think we're trying to figure out okay where where the, where's the money being spent and that's 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 all good it's just a question of how much and what is going to be left over and if if possible um, in the end when this thing does end whenever that does happen uh, whatever is left over how can that money be appropriated um, for other things and whether or not that can be used to uh, to help with state budget relief and things like that. I'm not sure that the law, the CARES Relief, the Federal Act will allow for that at this point unless there are changes made to it. Um, so um, I think right now it's a, a check and balance thing. I believe and I, I feel that uh, a lot of constituents uh, as well as other government officials um, may feel that we're being uh, dictated to as to how uh, how things are going to go um, as far as, you know, the plan for restarting the economy and uh, the plan for relaxing um, relaxing restrictions on social distancing and things like that. Uh, obviously, you, you, you're well aware of uh, the, the governor's speech, I believe it was Wednesday, 
when we st- she was talking about um, limiting and canceling uh, large gatherings such as concerts, uh, things like the food festivals and the uh, Newport Jazz Festival and Folk Festival and those types of things, which are uh, Rhode Island is an extremely uh, tourism uh, entertainment based economy, especially throughout the summer. And um, that basically is limiting the state's ability and probably and probably delaying the state's ability to come back from this and recover from this um and again we have to take into account um the the public health situation but it's a it's just a lot to it's a it's a big puzzle it's a lot to put together uh so i think um i think there's more people out there that want to have a uh, a say or some input in how we actually do this well i'm getting um a little bit of a feeling that there's a somewhat of a pushback a little bit on maybe her her pronouncements, but um, maybe that she didn't uh, really talk to uh, to all the the state players uh, that um, maybe she should have. Uh, well, that 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 that's possibly the opinion of of of, of a lot of people, but um, I think that it's. Uh, you know, it's it's not a one man show. Let's let's put it that way. And I think that that's that may be what uh, what we're looking at and trying to trying to uh, have a little bit more input from uh, from state officials and elected officials who who represent the constituents, as opposed to um, you know one one uh, one group of people uh, making decisions for everybody. Now, Steve. Um when the governor was talking about um, federal funds coming into Rhode Island with stipulations, and then you were just talking about it uh, yourself, to me, uh, this is a pretty easy concept for Woonsocket folks to understand, because the concept reminds me of um, CDBG funds, Community Development Block Grant funds. Federal money comes into Woonsocket, big, big uh, hunk of uh, money, it's a couple of million dollars, say. However... Just because it's federal money, you can't do what you want with it. Uh, they're so particular, HUD is, about federal funds and CDBG grants that they can uh, tell you what zip codes to spend them in. And when I'm, I'm saying zip codes, it's just not 02895. It's like areas where you have a distressed part of the population within the same zip code. So this shouldn't be too difficult for... The governor to figure out, and and uh, I think, um, uh, uh, do you agree with the CDBG analogy? Yes, I, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty accurate, uh, and and there is there is uh, supposed to be um, there is supposed to be federal uh, relief um, regarding. I think it's I think the stipulation is regarding uh, certain uh, population and demographics. Um, as, as far as to uh, relief to the commu- to certain communities, um, but we will, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that pans out. Um, my my uh, my interest is okay. We got one point two five billion. Um, my question would be okay. When we get to the point where, if there's anything left over to to help because um, we have a, a struggling restaurant industry we, we obviously our our tax revenues are going to be way down because of 
because uh, of the, the the extension with the tax uh, income tax uh, filing dates, as well as um, you know meal, hotel, and and uh, other taxes that the state relies on. Um, all those numbers are going to be down. We have a revenue estimating conference. Uh, I believe it's going to be happening next week, um, and obviously the picture will will look bleak, and we're going to have a very big hole in our budget to to overcome so i'm wondering uh how if if anything is left over after this period and and we won't know for a while obviously because as we open up the economy the economy or open up and and ease restrictions on social distancing then we we may have a uh we may or may not have a resurgence we don't know how that's going to go so we, we it's uh it's kind of a a moving process, a, a puzzle that's got parts moving and, and constantly in flux. So, Now, based on your uh, vague answer on um, <laughs> Uber Eats and DoorDash and uh, all those um, famous uh, delivery services on the Internet, I, I'm going to ask you um, a computer-type question, but I'm going to give you a lot of flexibility in answering it, and that is okay. <laughs> the General Assembly cannot meet in person um they sort of had a little meeting of 12 people uh, at the state house they must have you know did their social distancing and everything but has anybody talked to to you guys about how to bring the rhode island general assembly together before the end of the uh, assembly session this year uh could it be by uh, some kind of electronic thing or do you think that maybe um Maybe in early June we could at least uh, see uh, some way of uh, putting you guys and women together. Yeah, I, I am. I'm hoping that that's the case. Uh, we, we, I think that all the representatives on both sides of the aisle are very anxious to get back to some sense of uh, normalcy and and try to, uh, you know, find solutions to. Number one is I think the most important thing is the, the budget. Excuse me, and uh, I, I think that the, you know there are technology platforms out there. Uh, I think everybody everybody has probably at least tried to zoom uh, a zoom conference uh, or some type of platform uh, in in recent uh, weeks to uh, stay in touch with their friends and family. And um, so those are possibilities. I think that the problem with legislation as as the state constitution uh you know allows for it is um we should have public input all the time uh and it's very i i I think the logistics of setting up uh session and committee meetings and allowing and still having allowing for the public to come and testify on legislation uh and the interested parties to come and appear before the committee somehow uh, it's. I think it presents a little bit of a daunting task. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that it can't be done. Um, we've had suggestions. You know, so, uh, <laughs> people have suggested you know set up the Dunkin' Donuts Center. You know, sit uh, everybody sit six feet apart. Um, you know, have your sessions. Or, and but it, logistically, I don't know that that can that that can be a, that can be a, a viable possibility at this point. Well, as the days wind on, wind on. Uh, somebody's going to have to uh, think this out and um, and find a way to do it, one way or the other. That's right, I agree with you. I agree with you, Steve. Um, uh, you um, work for the Winsocket um, 
fire department, and you are not yes. the uh, fire chief, and you're not a spokesperson for the Woonsocket Fire Department uh, when I ask this question. So this is strictly uh, the uh, Steve Casey human being, uh, and um, I just want to make sure that none of your superiors uh, think that you're s- <laughs> acting as a spokesperson. And nor am I asking the question in terms of that. But here you here you are. Uh, you're a working guy, and uh, you're you're making the rescue calls. Can you contrast the difference of your job six months ago to today? How different is uh, being uh, on the fire department different? Um, well, I, I think that uh, right now there's, there's just a heightened, a heightened sense of, um, I'm, I'm not going to say, it's just a heightened sense of concern, uh, number one, for, for yourself and, and the, your colleagues. Um, you know, we're, we're in a situation uh, where um, even in the fire station, um, we, we are social distancing. We have... We have uh, we're required to wear um, PPE in the station as far as we're required to wear a mask all the time uh, and while we're in the station, which is not always that easy, uh, we still are social distancing uh, like we should. And um, when we go out on a call, um, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost like, okay, every, everybody is, has just an, an extra heightened sense of uh, we need to be extra careful uh, to what we expose ourselves to, uh, because if one of us gets sick, we could, it's possible that we can go home and infect the family and that type of thing. And it, it's a, it, there's just a, an added concern. There's an added concern that you never know. Plus, if you are exposed, there's really no way of knowing until you develop some type of a symptom. And sometimes those symptoms take two weeks to develop as far as this, this virus is concerned. So um, you could go an entire two weeks being infected and not knowing it. Um, so it, it, it just, it, just uh, it makes you think twice, um, and we have to be very careful uh, to protect ourselves and, and our colleagues and our families at the same time and still do the job that we're supposed to do. One more question uh, in that regard. Uh, this is just a layman's uh, guess, but in terms of the numbers of calls that you get now as opposed to six months ago, I'm going to guess that the frequency is lower instead of higher, even though we're in this. And the reason I'm saying that, and I just want to see if, uh, if it works out that way, is having watched the doctors on television from the hospitals are saying that People who are having uh, strokes and heart attacks and and other problems are less reluctant to call uh, the the local rescue services or their EMTs because they don't want to get into the hospital setting. Well, using that as a criteria, fewer calls or more calls than six months ago. I, I think I think we're noticing that there are fewer calls, and I I, I think that it's. Um it's accurate to say that I think some people um, are holding off on on uh, making a call because they don't want to be in a hospital at this time and are concerned about being exposed. Um, but that I think that that uh, like it's been stated on the news too that uh, you know they're they're finding that there are people who's who have pretty serious conditions um that you know in the in the onset if you if you go ahead and try and 
and get hospitalized and 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 uh, get ahead of those symptoms, uh, things are okay. But they're 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 delaying they're delaying their own health care, and in the end, uh, it's not working out better for them uh, because when they get into the hospital or they get into a situation where it now becomes an emergency, um, it's much more severe uh, after effects for them as well. Yeah, this so, uh, concept of waiting. Uh, uh, is is not a good idea. This is uh, more dangerous to their health. They they should call if they're getting symptoms of a heart attack. Right, right, and and the and the hospitals, um, you know, the hospitals and the rescue. <coughs> excuse me, on the rescue, uh, you know, we're, we're taking we're taking extreme care and caution uh, to protect the patient as well as ourselves. Uh, and it's the same in the hospital. Um, patients who patients who have uh, some type of a COVID related symptom. Uh, they're isolated, um, and all of the uh, all of the healthcare workers are, you know, full PPE. Um, so people should not have a fear of, of of going to the hospital to get the care that they need. Almost ready to wrap it up here, and I want to talk about the concept of disenfranchisement. And uh, it was a concept where where voters. Uh, felt uh, or people weren't able to vote or they were denied their right to vote and and that's where that term came from but to me it's it's uh, has a new meaning for guys uh, like yourself state representatives or or senators uh, you're elected but you can't do your job right now and uh, I was just wondering um how uh, how that strikes you philosophically and uh, and whether you're frustrated or not that uh, here you are uh, and you can't conduct state business. Yeah, well, I, I think that um, there's two parts to that. Uh, we're doing we're doing our job mainly now because we're we're helping the constituents try to get the services they need. I mean, you know, when people are trying to make phone calls to uh, Department of Labor and Training regarding regarding um, uh, you know unemployment insurance and things like that, and they and they can't get through. Uh, they they try to call. You know, they give us a call and try. Try to to help expedite expedite their situations, uh, or if people have just had uh, too much trouble or don't know where to turn uh, to get the services they need. We're dealing with a lot of that, so we are doing the, doing that job. As far as actually sitting in session and sitting through committee meetings, correct. Um, you know, we've been we've been on a six week hiatus. Uh, it is a little bit frustrating, especially since. Um, Especially since this entire situation has has extremely affected the economy, uh, and 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 you know once once we start you know once we started closing down businesses and things like that, um, you know it, it's it's just it's a it's a rolling avalanche effect, and uh, you know we're having we're 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 going to need time to recover, but we've got to actually get to a situation and a point where we can actually do something about it. Um, so it's it's frustrating right now for all of us. Um, I know that there are many representatives that are itching to get to back back in back in the session so that we can actually move forward. Um, you still have to do a lot of hearing on the budget issues and uh, see where we can possibly, if at all, make up uh, make up for, for lost for lost time and revenue. Do you see you guys meeting uh, in July or August or something like that because of everything being pushed down the road? There's a possibility uh, that at this point everything's in flux and we don't know. Uh, we're hoping that 
by easing the the uh, social distancing restrictions, we may be able to possibly somehow get together in groups and and, and start to work. So we don't know at this point. All right. Uh, any final words before we uh, break? Here we're going to do some commercials, and uh, we I think uh, we can't really cover much legislation um, because right. Right, right, because there's no legislation to cover right now. Uh, any final right. words from Steve Casey, State Representative, District 50? I, I just like to remind everybody uh, to just please stay healthy. If you have an emergency, get it taken care of. Um, don't don't delay your own personal health care. Uh, even if it's something that's not COVID-related or, you, you know, if, if it's not flu-type flu symptoms that you're related to, but you have other issues, do not delay. Make a phone call. Call your primary care physician. Find out what you should do or, or go to the hospital. And uh, everybody just, uh, I'm hoping everybody can stay and remain safe. And I'd like to thank everybody out there for doing their part. Um, those that are staying home, those that are working on the front lines, those that are working in the supermarkets. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough and unprecedented time that we're in. So uh, I just hope everybody can try to keep their keep their spirits up and keep their mental health up as well as their physical health. And uh, we'll see how we can get through this. I've been tracking uh, Woonsocket numbers uh, pretty closely in terms of positive um, positive uh, cases uh, statewide. We uh, we stayed right in the same position right along. Uh, we were in ninth, and uh, now we've stayed eighth for uh, the past couple of weeks in terms of uh, of ranking, Providence being first. Looking at our nursing home situation, we've had two nursing homes uh, hit uh, pretty, uh, pretty good, um, including Oakland Grove and so forth. But I guess uh, I'm trying to finish out our interview by saying, generally speaking, I think... You're the guy in the rescue. I think we're holding our own. What do you think? Well, I, I think that's it's uh, that's accurate, um, and I think the, you know all the numbers as far as positive cases. I mean, those are going to change too. The, the more testing, the more testing that we do, um, you're going to see there's going to be people that are going to test positive but never have a symptom um, because they're it did, whatever whatever this virus is possibly didn't affect them. Um, so, you know, I think that. The, the key to the key to uh, everyone's safety is, uh, you know, we're being told is is the social distancing and trying to limit contact. Uh, hopefully that hopefully that will continue to to work. Um, but I think we need you know it's it's going to be difficult getting to that point to say okay I can trust that I can go into a, group, a larger group of people and be exposed to more people. Um, so it's it's. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a waiting game for all of us. It's tough, but I I, I think uh, I think overall Rhode Island, uh, because of the amount of testing that we've done, um, has has done very 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 well. I'm sure there's more cases out there that are going to be found, um, and unfortunately, there's more more people that are going to get sick and affected by this as well. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, we've turned the corner a little bit, and and we'll see those numbers drop. But uh, you know. It's a, it's a waiting game at this point. It uh, sounds simple, but it works. Uh, social distancing, uh, using the masks, staying at home, washing your hands. I mean, it's all simple stuff, but um, uh, it works, I guess, if, uh, if uh, people cooperate. Thank you, Steve, for uh, chatting with us today. Okay, Roger. Thank you. My pleasure. Steve Casey.
State Representative District 50 on our live line here on WNRI. We appreciate uh, chatting with Steve and getting his perspective both as a state firefighter, excuse me, as a city firefighter and as a state representative. All right, a few announcements uh, from WNRI as we uh, make our way toward uh, the end of the program. Savini's is open for uh, takeout at curbside. And you'll find Savini's open Thursday through Sunday. Uh, today, Friday, noon to 8 p.m. They got a lot of seafood at Savini's. And Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. And Sunday from uh, noon to 8 p.m. And that includes our famous family-style chicken. Call ahead at Savini's Pomodoro at 762-5114. And 50% off all wine and 30% off all beer to go. You know, this is um, a bottle of wine that's packaged on open, right? 50% off. That's a good deal. And Ciro's is open um, Thursday through Sunday. Today, they're open for lunch at 11 o'clock for takeout at curbside service. We have um, a full Ciro's menu, including seafood choices. I understand they have a mean fish and chip plate there. Call ahead, 769-3330. For Ciro's Tavern, Cherry Street, downtown, Jill and Gina say thanks for your support right there at um, Ciro's in the downtown district. And I have another one here uh, on my announcement sheet, and then uh, we'll uh, switch it over to Jeff for a second here. Um, let's see, Roger. You did the bocce. All right. You're a good guy. Oh, Seafood Peddler in Bellingham, Marketplace Plaza, Route 126. Uh, open for uh, business today, Friday, noon to 6, tomorrow, noon to 5. All items are available except those uh, bay scallops. They're tough to uh, to find. Well, they're finding them, but uh, who wants to pay $20, a, $25 a pound or a quart, right? Anyway, no base scallops. We've got everything else, though, if you like um, swordfish or haddock or cod or Direct from the docks in New Bedford, the Seafood Peddler opened today, again at noontime, 508-326-4759. Seafood Peddler in Bellingham, Massachusetts. And our final one here, uh, Barber's Place, North Main Street, open daily for takeout orders, 762-4730, including breakfast plates. Full menu to go, and this weekend, today and tomorrow... Pot roast. Pot roast dinner, 1075. And it's got everything in there, the carrots, the potatoes. It's a full dinner, 1075, while it lasts. Bob has cooked it up. Pot roast, delicious. Wieners available after 11 today. And fish and chips available daily. Barber's Place, North Main Street, 762-4734. Barber's Place, right here in Woonsocket. Good morning, Mr. Jeff. Good morning. I'm talking about Park and Shop Supermarkets. They have for 101 years. They continue to serve you through the coronavirus, and they have some fantastic specials for your families this week, starting today. Keep in mind, all sale items subject to product availability. USDA Prime Certified Angus Beef Boneless New York Sirloin Steak is $4.99 a pound. And what do we mean when we say USDA Prime Certified Angus Beef? Yeah. Well, that's the top 3% of beef qualities. Very high-end cut. 
Uh, we have some great deals, including the return of the buy one, get one, and buy one, get two free. We'll start off with the buy one, get one free packages of fresh center-cut boneless pork chops. Buy one, get a package of equal or lesser value free. And a deal like this next one will keep Roger eating chicken drumsticks all weekend. Because you can buy one, get two free. Fresh grade A drumstick packages, equal or lesser value. Buy one, get two free. And bone and chicken thighs, just 99 cents a pound. It sounds like a chicken soup weekend to me. I don't know why some people don't like drumsticks. Uh, do, do you, do you I like, don't care for them. Yeah. Amy loves them. Yeah. My little Amy loves yeah. them. Uh, and I know uh, besides fish and chips, you're yeah. very fond of drumsticks. Yeah. I, I bring them into you when I make Yeah, there's a drumstick I wouldn't eat. All right, thank you. And uh, next uh, announcement is Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. We have paused in-store shopping for now. We have curbside pickup uh, daily during our regular business hours. Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays, 8 a.m. to 5. We've got it. Fresh milk, fresh cream, fresh eggs, cheese, bread, fresh ice cream. We're making ice cream daily. And then we're baking cakes and more than 70 favorite bakery items at Wright's Dairy Farm, Wright's Bakery. Stay safe while we work through these unusual times. And Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Open daily, 9 to 9, Sundays 12 to 6. For the time being, door service only to avoid any health issues. Masks and sanitizing will be used on a daily basis. Come to the door and get your order at Champs Liquors for Keyway. And yes, our regular specials are in place. Imagine two bottles of wine for 10 bucks, huh? Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacardi Rum, the 1.75-liter bottle, is only $23.99. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high-rise and senior complex delivery service, too. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. All right, thank you. Hey, we're out of time for the Upfront program. We want to play one more ad for one of our... Good sponsors, uh, Kayer Kasher, and then we'll see you on Monday with Dick Bouchard. Kayer Kasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Won't Sock